Uh, lovely to be here with you ladies. It's um, great. <laughs> it's been fun meeting a lot of you and I've learned some interesting things about you all. It's great to catch up with family and it's lovely for um, my nieces to catch up with their favourite auntie. It's always good, it's always good for them to see me. <laughs> and I, I love catching up with them. Um, just a couple of things about me. I have three children. Um, my oldest is turning 30 very soon and he lives in America. He's married and lives over there. My second son has just moved to Melbourne, so that's two out of the three that have left me. And as I said to someone today, I blame their father for that. Uh, it can't be any of my issues. And I have a daughter, thankfully, he's still at home with me, um, looking for a husband, so if you're aware of anyone then. <laughs> and she will be... She will, yeah, you did try. She will be horrified that I said that. Um, just before I start, um, as I was flying here last night with Lindy and when I was just looking out the window, um, we came up to cruising altitude and we're above the clouds and it was peaceful and it was beautiful. And I felt God just say that there would be women here today that are doing just that. They've reached cruising altitude and that's where they're staying. They've been through storms and I don't know your stories and I'm sure there's been a lot of things that have happened and they've affected you. Um, and you've managed to get your head above the clouds and that's where you've stopped and, and you're, just, you're just surviving. But I feel that things are, are not being dealt with. I think some of you are holding on to things that you really need to let go. And whether that be relationships, finances, health, or rejection, or whatever it may be for you, um, I think it needs to be dealt with. When we started to descend, we start to come back down through the clouds again, and you know it gets a bit bumpy, and occasionally there was a clearing. You think, I'm through this, I'm done, I can see it's, it's done, and then all of a sudden the clouds would engulf us again. And I just thought that, um, and there'd be no visibility. And I felt that God was saying that we need to deal with those things that are holding us back. Um, and as we put our trust in him, he will bring us through the storms even when we can't see the way ahead. He will keep us on the right path and direction where we can approach the runway with confidence, knowing that he has directed his path. So even though we can't see where we're going, we, he's got us. Okay, so that was my, what I felt on the way through. Okay, and that's not even... Oh, okay, what I'm speaking about today is expectations. And the meaning of expectation is a strong belief that something will happen or be the case. And we start life as a baby. I'm going way back here, folks. Um, and the ex expectation for us is that we are fo fed, clothed, kept safe and loved. We don't expect too much as a baby. As we grow older, we expect our parents to guide us and help us to become independent and confident. We hit school age and the expectation is that we will be smart, not struggle in school, be well behaved and one of the popular, popular kids. Exactly. And worked for you, didn't it? <laughs> um, bragging rights here. Um, one teacher named their child after one of mine because he was so good. And another said, I know this is hard to believe, you don't even know my children, um, said they would have not got through their first year at working at this school if it had not been for my Luke. What a sweet child. And last night we get here, first thing I hear from Pauline, look on the fridge. Leanna's report, straight A's. Way to go, Leanna. Just thought I'd throw that in. Yeah, no, sorry. Sorry, Leanna. And we're expected to breeze through school, get an amazing score that gets us into the exact course we want to 
to take at uni because we know exactly what we want to do with our lives. We get through uni with honours, of course, and then land the dream jobs. And somewhere along the way, we, we meet Mr McDreamy and we walk off into the sunset, each making these hearts, you know. With, so, do you not have those expectations? Um, anyway, and then we have children and we expect them to obey. I'll just stop there, but there's more. Um, and never cause any problems. My thought was, what I thought was, if I was the perfect mum, I would have the perfect children because they would just see that and they would do what I wanted. Didn't work, might I say. Didn't work. Um, the expectation of the perfect family is that we all sit around the dinner table. My thought is the Brady Bunch. Um, you know, and, and let's not, before we get there, let's not forget that they had an Alice. Alice did all the cooking, Alice did the cleaning, but that's another thing. We, we could have that expectation as well. And everyone would take their turns saying about their day and, you know, love you all and they wouldn't talk out of turn and it just would be beautiful, you know. And, and they would get up and do the dishes and they would help when would they needed to and there'd be no disrespect. Um, and then there's the husband. He's got an incredible job. He's able to provide for the family without any problem. Thank you. There are. Uh, this is my life. No, no. <laughs> and um, the mother can stay at home with the children and go on school excursions. And, you know, she's always there with the dinner on the table, with her hair done, back in the day, with the pinny on and all that. <laughs> um, and or if she wants to go to work, she can go to work and do that dream job she wants to do. And she's got the nanny that will have everything ready and she's got the best of both worlds. <laughs> and so other expect expectations we may have in our lives is good health. We may just expect children that we can't have or to be skinny, to be successful, to be funny, oh, okay. <laughs> um, to be clever, uh, to be loved and respected. And these are some of the expectations we put on ourselves and some other people put on us. And who here is living that life? You are. I think we're all going to chat to you after. <laughs> no. Uh, sorry? Oh, well, lucky you. Lucky you. What happens when expectation turns to disappointment? The definition of disappointment, sadness or displeasure caused by the non-fulfillment of one's hope or expectations. So what happens when the baby you've been longing for is born with problems or, you can't, or has health issues or you can't even have a baby, you're struggling? Um, we have a couple that we know and they are desperately wanting a child going through IVF. She got pregnant on her first try, lost the baby soon after, uh, got pregnant the second time only to go and to be told the baby wasn't growing. We were all praying as a church and then went back um, to see what needed to be done to be told the baby had grown and was at the right size for the stage we're at. We were all thought it was a miracle. We were rejoicing, crying. They were happy. And then a few weeks later, they go for the second appointment. The baby had not grown any further and they were going to lose the baby. I don't know about you and I know how they felt because I asked them. They were devastated. They, um, they were confused. They were disillusioned. They were angry. Um, and why was this happening? Why would God do that? Why would he not just, if he's going to take that child, why would he just not take it on the first time? Why put them through that and build their hopes and their dreams up just to lose it the second time around? But what about the mother? And these are, these are um, stories 
of people in our church, which I've got permission to share. So um, what about the mother who took their kids to, who took their, her three boys to school one day and was going up a hill, turned around to the boys and said, I love you boys, floored the car and drove off the road into a tree. The first tree um, didn't stop them. The second one stopped them. Thank God they got out okay. They got out and both of the older boys got out knowing that their mother had just tried to kill them. And what about the marriage that started off so full of hope with our heart and everything else? Hope and love, but now is abusive or there is no love or, or respect and all the trust is gone and you were just going through the motions. You were just craving for someone to love you or even just to notice you. Sorry. What about those of us who are not blessed to look like Barbie and strip? And struggle with our body and our identity. What about when you get bullied at school and it's just not fair? How hard is it for those that live in chronic pain or sickness? What about the family that is struggling to put food on the table and doesn't know where to turn and doesn't know where the next meal is coming from? What about when your child or your children are on drugs and are not attending church or are disrespectful or wasting their lives and they don't even seem to be amounting to anything or don't care? My two boys, currently not attending church, and it breaks my heart. Um, there are probably many of you here that are living these lives and really just don't know where to turn. The story I told you of the couple who were trying to have the baby, yes, they were angry, yes, they were devastated and confused, yes, they mourned the death of, death of the baby, but they did not waver in their faith in God. What I loved was despite all they were going through, they stayed strong because they knew that God had promised them a baby. Did not happen this time, but they held strong to that promise that it will come to pass. Um, the young boy whose mother tried to kill them was giving a testimony in church recently telling how hard it had been and how he had to deal with the fact of the rejection and, and what mother tries, to, well, you know, I mean, what he went through, your mother shouldn't, do that. Your mother is there to love and, and look after you. And uh, he's, he's been to counselling and it's been tough for him. But he was standing up there telling of God's, prompt, God's faithfulness and how he, he was also unwavering in his faith. And, um, and I'm holding tight to the promise that my boys will be back in church. And, and God has promised me that. And, you know, I don't know when that will be, but I do not waver in the fact that my boys will be back in church. And what I'm praying for is it probably won't be through my doing. What I'm praying is that someone will put people, that God will put people into their lives that is going to do the work that I can't do. But what I can do is live the life that shows them God. So, and in John 16:33, it says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. How do we get through these things and, and live a fruitful life? I have a strong faith, which I find helps a lot. In a perfect world, we would uh, bring all our cares and worries to the foot of the cross and leave it there. We wouldn't worry because we know God has it. And I don't know about you, but what I've found is I bring it to the cross, I leave it there, and then I think... God cannot do this alone and I pick some of it back up. You know, I, he needs me to worry. He needs me to lose sleep. And that's what I've found. But, you know, we need to trust and know that God wants the best for us. He doesn't need us. He doesn't need us. In Jeremiah 29, 11, which we've also heard today, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, 
plans to give you a hope and a future. If you want to be fruitful, it's time to deal with the things that you are holding back. It's time to forgive. It's, it's time to let go of hatred and hurt. Until we forgive, we cannot move forward. By not letting go, it's not hurting the other person, it's hurting you. you know, and, and we need to do that. Um, we need to forgive ourselves for the things we have done. I think every one of us here would have things in our lives we're not too proud of. Um, the past does not define your future. God is never disappointed with us. He knows our past and our future and nothing is a surprise to God. We need to stop carrying resentment, jealousy and self-loathing. We need to be kind to ourselves. We need to let go of fear. We cannot live a life based on fear, always too scared to do anything. I'm doing that now, ladies. I have a fear of public speaking. <laughs> Sometimes we need to step up and do what God is asking us to do. You know, I've lived most of my life in fear and I'm not prepared to do that anymore. I have, I have missed so many opportunities and so many things I could have done because I've been too scared. So let's, let's not do that. Um, I lost my spot, sorry. Um, we need to stop comparing our lives with others. This, was, this we're all guilty of, aren't we? Um, that perfect marriage may not be so perfect. The wife may be living in fear every day. That person we think has it all together may be carrying some very deep hurts and secrets. Maybe they are even considering taking their own life. The people who seem to have it all, the nice house and the, the holidays, and we think they are just living the perf perfect life, may be so far in debt that they are really struggling just to keep up appearances. Surround yourself with good people who lift you up and encourage you and not drag you down. Um, a while ago, and this doesn't sound great, but I, I looked around at the friends in my life and I thought those people that are not contributing and don't encourage and don't lift me up, I sort of pushed to the side. And it wasn't a big deal because they weren't contacting me. They only contacted me when they needed something. It was not about my life. They weren't interested. It was all about those. And so when I stopped calling. It, that was it. I now surround my, myself with good people, Indy, good people that will lift me up and encourage me and be the person I need to, to be. And, and my, uh, my three good friends um, are all Christian and I just find that it really, really helps to have Christian friends that we can throw things out together. We're not perfect. You know, and we all talk and we, we fail and we talk about our kids sometimes in, a, in not, not a nice way. And <laughs> but, you know, you can be human and you know that it, you can take it to them and it's not going to go any further and you can have peace in that. Um, what have I written here that's obviously important? And, uh, well, I highlighted it so it must be important. And I, what I have read here is maybe it's time to get rid of some toxic relationships and you know they're not doing you any good you know you're clinging on to these things maybe it's more for you than them for them but they're really not doing you any good maybe it's a relationship maybe I don't know I don't know it maybe you just need to get rid of those people in your life that are not helping you in any way hold on um, it's my close friends that walk my journey with me I know that they will be there through the good times and the bad and it really does help we know we women, who knows, we, we women need to talk a lot and usually over a lot of coffee. So 
every Friday I meet one of my good friends and there's always a coffee or three. And that's something we do every week. And when the others can join, they're more than welcome to. But that's, you know, that, that gets me through life. Not just, I'm not taking away from our other relationships, our husbands, but I just think there's something very special about having friends as women that we can speak to and do life with. The greatest thing we can do is to have a relationship with God. I love the times I spend reading the word, listening to worship songs and just spending time in God's presence. I find my times of great I find my times of greatest clarity and comfort come at these times. This does not stop the storms from coming, but it does make the storms easier to go through when we know God is right beside us all the way. And I found these um, seven rules of life on Facebook or Instagram, and we all know that most of our life lessons come from Facebook or Instagram, Um, but this advice sums it up pretty well. Number one, make peace with your past so you don't screw up your present. Two, what others think of you is none of your business. How true is that? How true is that? What does it matter? I don't care what you think of me. I do a little bit. (laughs) Um, Number three, time heals almost everything. Give it time. Number four, don't compare your life to others and don't judge them. You have no idea what their journey is all about. Number five, stop thinking too much. And I'm guilty of this. I lay awake thinking, what if, what if, what if? And, you know, most of the time it doesn't even happen. Um, Stop thinking too much. It's all right not to know the answers. They will come to you when you least expect it. Number six, no one is in charge of your happiness except you. How true is that one? My husband can't make me happy. No, he can't. <laughs> I know. No. <laughs> but it's not his... Res- Sorry that we have a man in the, in the house. <laughs> you can't make your wife happy, but you can try. Flowers, chocolate, you know, any of those things really do help. <laughs> Whose husband is he? Oh, yes, okay. I, could, yeah, I didn't know that. She gave me no money, all right? Um, so it, it's true. We always say, well, if he could just be like this... He, you could make, he could make me happy. He can't make you happy. You know, and, and if you're looking for a relationship to do that, it won't work. You have to deal with yourself first before you can go into a relationship. And number seven, smile. You don't own all the problems in the world. Thank you, ladies. Oh, let's give Jen another hand. That was fantastic. <laughs> For someone that's scared of public speaking, she didn't do too bad, hey? She did it. <clears throat> right, what we're going to do now is something just a little bit different. Great sisters, and I used to be constantly comparing myself to them all the time. And I think back now, and it was such a waste of time because um, I am me, God created me for who I was, and I have qualities, and um, good and bad, and so do they. And I think back and I wasted so much time, I think, as a young person comparing myself, not just to my sisters, but to others. So particularly you young ones, you're amazing as you are. God has created you unique, special, incredible. And, um, and so you don't need to look at others or look at Facebook, Instagram and think, oh, I'm not measuring up because I'm not doing this or I don't look like this or I, I, I'm not that sort of person. And yeah, so that's just some advice I'd give my 16-year-old self. Um, what would I tell myself? Many things. Um, I, for me, it's always two things, fear. And I think a lot of that fear came from the way I looked at myself, my body image, and um, just my lack of confidence. And 
I would tell myself to let it go. You know, I mean, I am who I am and I think that held me back from many, many things I could have done. I always stayed in the back. I didn't do the things that were happening because, you know, I was embarrassed or, or whatever and I was extremely shy. I would just think, I know you don't think that now, but I've come through that. Um, I would just say let it go and, and I think body image and fear have been the things that have kept me back most of my life and I'm getting older now and like I said it really isn't that important and God has a plan for each one of us that he had from when we were born so it's not going to make any difference what we look like or, or whatever if that's right he has a plan and, and he loves us and he's made us so yeah all right if I was talking to 16 year old me I suppose some of the journey things that we know now is I would say be kind to all people. And the reason I say that, it says in the Bible that even children are known by their actions. Even children. So even if we're young people, we're known by our actions. And even the Bible says, I think it was Timothy, when it says, um, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. So I don't want this come to a shock to anybody, but Miller's in Paul Lincoln is closing down. If you didn't know, it's closing down. <clears throat> the reason I say that is because the manager there, Diane, and if we can pray for her, she needs a job because she's not going to have a job in a couple of weeks. But um, I know this is embarrassing. I took them into Miller's. I don't know why. Yeah, I do know why. I just don't want to tell you why. Um, and Deanne said, like, you know, there was two girls behind the counter and, and um, I said, oh, how are you going? And, and one's got a job and Deanne doesn't. I said, we're going to pray that you get a job. Um, and she goes, oh, like Pauline was the best boss I ever had. So I was her boss when she was a little junior. And I'm just saying, I was just, when I got back in the car, I said, imagine if I had have been mean to her when I was 21. Like now, when I'm just a few years older, um, she wouldn't have that rapport with me now. So I'm just saying, be kind to all people. That would be my advice. That's great. That's excellent, excellent advice. Well, what I would say to my 16-year-old self is grasp opportunity with both hands and I think sometimes we're fearful like Jan was saying but sometimes we're asked to do things or put in situations and often we're, we're too scared or we say no but I would say to my 16 year olds grasp them with both hands because God gives you the strength and the ability to be able to do those things if they're opportunities that he presents and so oftentimes when you're younger, you might get asked perhaps at youth group to speak or to do something or run a small group or even look after somebody at youth. And oftentimes we go, no, 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 I can't do that. But in actual fact, you can because God has, gives you the strength and the ability to be able to do that. And even as we're older, often we get a bit comfortable. And so we settle back, oh, it's not in my, it's not in my comfort, I just want to stay in my comfort zone. Grasp those opportunities that come with both hands and I, I, you'll be amazed at what God can do through you. Um, I think uh, the other thing I would say is um, follow your passion. Find out what you love. Cultivate that because they're God-given talents and I've never really thought that I was that good at anything and like Lindy says, I really couldn't do much but... We all have things that God has given us and I think as you're younger, start to 
look at that because the thing that you are interested in now is the thing that's probably going to keep you going till you later. So if you start to look at those things and go in that direction, usually they're God-given. And, um, and if they're not, he, it will shut down. But I just think, follow your dreams. Follow your dreams and uh, chase things that you're interested in. Not all the boys, but just chase, chase the things that you're interested in doing. On that note, what would I tell a 16-year-old me? When I was 16, I know my older sister got married. At 18, she was two years older than me. And I hadn't had a boyfriend... And it was quite some years before I even did get a boyfriend. And I always kind of in my heart felt like I was missing out on something because I didn't have a boyfriend. Um, A man does not complete you. A man can be a complement to where you're going. So if I'm going to give you any advice for number one, make sure you have a man who loves Jesus. And if he doesn't love Jesus yet, you know, we can be a witness to people. We absolutely can be a witness to people. So don't be in a hurry that you feel like you've been left on the shelf because the other kids at school are talking about all the things that they get up to on the weekend and making that so exciting that they're drinking and and sleeping around. The reality, if you could see in their heart, I'm sure that, you know, there's things that they're not telling you. So don't be in a hurry. And on that note, even to a 22-year-old self, I would say, don't be in a hurry to have children. I'm just saying that because um, you don't actually get that time back again. I love my kids. Um... But, you know, do some of the things that you actually want to do and enjoy before feeling like. Oh, my earring's on the ground. Oh. Okay, that's enough for me. Okay. The next thing that I would say is don't stress over the things that you can't change. Oftentimes, um, there's things in your life that you can't change. And we stress and we get anxious about them and there's nothing that we can really do about them. And we waste a lot of time and emotional energy on those things that we're stressing about that we really can't do anything about. It's a little bit cryptic, but you may be able to think of something. Yeah. I think it's just a little bit unfair, Lindy, that you've got notes and you've prepared and you're just throwing it to us and we have to come up with it at the spur of the moment. But anyway, um, what I would tell my 16, 17, 18-year-old self is um, don't give in to peer pressure. Be who you are. You know, I mean, just because all the other kids have got boyfriends or they're out doing this, stand up for what you believe. Um, Stand up for what you know is right. And I'm a black and white person and... You know what's right and what's wrong. Stand, stand up for that and, and just do that. And, yeah. Um, 16-year-old self, look at your little choices that you make every day. And this is really... Lindy spoke about this too. So the little choices that we need to make every day is be honest, be kind and be just. Life is not fair. I don't know if you've lived for a little while. Life isn't fair. God is just, and so we need to be just. But I'm telling you, it's the little choices. Like, I could have said to a 21-year-old me, I wish I had have read the Bible more when I was 16. I wish I had have prayed more when I was 16. Like, why did I waste those years? I love Jesus. Oh, I absolutely loved him. But I did not make the little choices. And can I tell you right now, to a, do I have to say my age? 48-year-old self... The enemy will do anything he can to not let us read the word and pray. I'm just letting you know. The enemy 
will just get us busy. He would just get us having to do stuff. All right, I, I missed my quiet time this morning. I'll get it in tonight. Oh, gee, I'm so tired tonight. It's the enemy. It's not a work. So I'm just saying, I want a 16-year-old me to wish at 21 she had have read the word and prayed more. Excellent. I think another thing is save your money. I think, I think this is... We had a, actually our pastor preach last Sunday morning. It was a great message. And he said, say no now so that you can say yes later. So what that actually means is if you say no to some of the things that you don't really need to spend your money on, it means you can say yes when somebody's in need that you may be able to give them $50 or you may be able to help them out in a financial way because if we're spending all of our money all the time, we've got nothing left to be able to share with others. And God blesses us with jobs and wisdom and so I would say, think about your money. Think about what the principles of God say about your money. And if as a 16-year-old or a young person, you can put those things into place, like the Barefoot Investor, is that right? There's a book that, there's some great books out there. There's Christian stuff, there's other stuff, that there's some principles there that can really help. And if you can get your finances sorted at a young age, it can change your life forever. I think one of the things that got me, has got me through most of my life and it's tough being in church, I think, for young'uns because it's against what everybody thinks. You're very strange. Um, the thing that got me through was having a very good friend. I mean, we went out and did some stupid things, not, nothing that was, you know, nothing major or drinking or all that, but we went out and had a great time and I think as Lindy said earlier we laughed a lot oftentimes at other people which wasn't great but we did laugh a lot and I think connect yourself with people in the church or connect and not all of my friends are churchgoers and I think that's healthy but they do know um, about my faith and everything else so get yourself good friendships get yourself people that will like I said before help you through and stick with you and that you can get out there and have a good time with without doing things that you know you really shouldn't be doing. Um, what I'd say to a 16-year-old me is keep your confession right. Um, and again, Lindy spoke about this this morning when it's so easy for us to put ourselves down and say we're fat and we're ugly and we don't have enough friends and my parents weren't rich enough. But if we get ourselves in the Word of God and we have our confession lining up with the word of God, that I am favoured, I am blessed. You know, God knows the plans he has for me. If we could keep our confession right, we will change our lives. Because I think you've also heard that thing. If you just confess that you're sick and tired and I'm sick and tired, guess what you're going to be? Sick and tired. If you always confess that I've got no money, guess what? You're never going to have any money. So I'm saying to a 16-year-old me, keep your confession confession right the only way we know this is if we get into the word of God because it's it's not a mystery it's actually he wants us to discover it and if I'm going to tell you anything if you don't start reading the Bible start reading a proverb a day it's got all the wisdom in that that you need to live by and I'm sure you're going to want to start reading more of it excellent excellent that's so good and I think we also need to always have room for people that don't know Jesus and so what happens often in, in church life particular, we become so consumed with everything that's happening in church, which is important, which is great. But if we don't have any unsafe friends or we're not reaching out to people that don't know Jesus, 
then we need to have a look at our life and, and make some room to be able to spend some time with people and not expect them to come to church and do all of those things on your own terms, but in actual fact, go out of your comfort zone. Jesus went to where the people were at. And obviously, and I say this to my boys as well because they've got a lot of Christian friends and that, and some of their friends at school would invite them to parties. And um, my boys would go, oh, no, I can't go to that. I said, actually, here's your mate from school. You can because you don't have to bow down to peer pressure. You're a Christian young man with principles and you can make a stand and be more of an impact if you go there than if you say no because it would actually shut down your relationship with them. So that's just something that I feel um, that we all need to do, no matter what age we are. And what I just feel before we sort of move off from this session, we've got some amazing young people here, and I would like all the young ones to come out the front, because we would like to really pray for you this, this afternoon. Because, you know, God's hand is upon your lives, and we have a real heart to see young people blossom and flourish. So if you're comfortable, come out and all of us older ones are going to stand behind you and we're going to pray and we're going to pray God's favour and blessing, direction and clarity up to whatever age is, you know, up to what age? 25 and under. 25 and under, yeah. Guys, come and line up along the front. This is just fantastic.